everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dave Pash Podcast. I'm your host, ESPN and Arizona Cardinals broadcaster, Dave Pash. Well, as you know from our first 51 episodes of the Dave Pash Podcast, we have a variety of guests on the show, but most of the time it has an Arizona Cardinals spin. Well, today we get back into the Cardinal space with Cardinals second-year linebacker, Zabin Collins. Zabin has had an outstanding year for the Cardinals. He's really coming into his own, and currently he's just one of nine players in the NFL with at least 75 tackles, eight tackles for a loss, and two sacks. He also has an interception for a touchdown and could have easily had two more interceptions over the last two games. We'll talk about how close Zabin was to getting another touchdown in the game on Monday night. We'll also talk with Zabin about his childhood growing up outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, playing at a small school, and then what he learned his first year in the NFL. It's not so much like the game slowed down, like everyone's still fast as hell, everyone's, you know what I mean? Like the players are all that are all fast, you know? It's the recognition of things and, you know, processing information. Also, Zabin will discuss some of the players that he looks up to on this team, what to expect from the Cardinals the last month of the season, and what he hopes to achieve next year as he continues to grow in his role as one of the leaders of the defense. We are presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Gila River Resorts and Casinos. The BetMGM Touchdown Boost token is here. Increase your payout with every Cardinals touchdown. You'll receive an extra 10% boost off every Cardinals touchdown, and your boost can be used on the following week's game. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks and official partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Arizona only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. All right, time for our conversation with Cardinals linebacker, Zabin Collins. Well, Zabin, this is actually the first time we've had a chance to meet, so it's uh, it's great to sit down with you. I appreciate the time. Really enjoyed watching you this year. Um, I'm curious from your perspective. I know it's tough when things aren't going well for the team, but how do you think you've played this year? Um, obviously from last year, it's a completely night and day difference, but you know, from like an overall league standpoint, um, you know, just trying to, I've played, I think good, but just still trying to get better every game, you know, produce, um, make the plays I need to make and, uh, you know, um, play complimentary football for the defense and then obviously the team. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. I've been robbed the last couple, you know, big plays that, you know, chargers would have been a game ender. And then, obviously, last week would have been seven points for the defense. And it's kind of nice because getting to do that with Isaiah's touchdown, my touchdown against Seattle, we like um, – I think the Cardinals defense like number one for like touchdowns for a defense, I think, which is – you know what I mean? Just trying to stack those stuff like that, just trying to put points on the board and do whatever as a defense is always fun. Not only did you get robbed – but, and I said this on the air when you were doing the game, Wolf and I both, I don't understand how replay in the Chargers game overturns that. Because there's no way that that was indisputable video evidence beyond all doubt. Yeah, that that's the thing that, that, that hurt me there. And then last game, I secured that the ball on my on my shoulder while falling. So it's not like it was fumbling around. And they said it didn't even look like it hit the grass, so they didn't really understand. The thing that confused me last game more than both games was I caught the ball, fell, ran to the end zone, 
went to the sideline and was already back onto the field because they had overturned it that fast. Right. I was like, damn, that was so fast because they had d- declared it a touchdown already. Yeah. So they have to have, like again, you said again, indisputable evidence. Right. I thought they were just going to call me down by him touching me or something on a knee while I was still on the ground. And then when they overturned it all the way, I was pissed off. I yeah. was like, damn. Yeah, because I think looking back at it, had they still ruled the in the last game, had they still ruled that an interception, they would have said you were down by contact. Yeah. But the league wants to let things play out because mm-hmm. obviously if they say you're down, but then you're not, yeah. you lose the run back. What altogether. happened to J.J. Watt? Yeah. Exactly. With the, f- the forced fumble. Yeah. And they said it was an incomplete pass, and he runs into the end zone, and they had blown it dead. And it's- yeah. So those two plays, oh so close. But you did have the pick six earlier in the year. And one of the plays that stands out to me, and maybe it's because it was – fresh in my memory from Monday night was one of the 50 screen passes they ran mm-hmm. where you saw it, recognized it, tracked, and, and bagged. Yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd been tipped off. I mean, knew that they were going to come into our game with a lot of screening. We've been getting a lot of screen all year. So whenever I saw that pump fake the other way, and con- you can really tell by the O-linemen, like their eyes, like for the most part when you're off the ball, like by five yards, those O-linemen aren't staring at you. They're looking right to left to see, you know, for games, if it's pass protection. Yeah. Well, on a screen, they're letting the rush go by them, and then they're climbing for the linebackers or, you know, second level. So whenever you, their eyes are locked onto you and you're five yards off the ball, it kind of just gives you a heads up right now, like this is a screen. So then making that play was nice. Yeah, there was a couple screens that I had. I had another tight end screen. That's the one where he sh- Max Jones scrambled around, and they called Lyman down the field. I'd actually grabbed yeah. that tight end yeah. before he could get him the ball. So is that an area where you've grown when you think about going from year one to year two? Is that what thing when people say things have slowed down? Is that what that looks like where you're able to recognize it pre-snap or as soon as the snap happens? What's going yeah, on based on seeing the, the yeah. lineman's eyes? Yeah, it's not it's not so much like the game slow down. Like everyone's still fast as hell. Everyone's you know what I mean. Like the players are all that are all fast. You know, it's the recognition of things and you know processing information. You know, it's it's that and that's the aspect that slowed down the most for me being able to recognize things listening to vj's call and if because he gives us you know a giant call sheet each week and it has like first and second down these are the play calls this personnel here's the play calls you know passing situations here's what we're thinking so then if you take the call and kind of apply it to the situation and down it'll tell you what he's thinking and then you know like 95 percent of the time he's right so it's like it just gives you a little heads up before and you know obviously having him in the headset it's like he'll tell tell me to tell guys other things so then i under like i am getting all the information even when he's not even talking to me i have to relay it so that's what it's like so he'll call the play yeah he'll call the defense mm-hmm. and then there may be instructions of hey remind isaiah about this or uh, like yeah it's not so much remind someone it's more like um you know show this or show that or gotcha. you know remember to tell the these guys like right here in this situation we're press belling or we're you know we're state we're pressing right here you know it's more of the situational reminders rather than a um job reminder like the job reminder like that doesn't really tell me much about the game it's the situational reminders that really you know help me too how's your memory retention so when good 
So when he yeah. calls it and he tells you, he adds something like, hey, we're going to show this or disguise this or whatever, you're, boom, telling guys well, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just like if you're talking to me right now with this headset on, I'm talking to you. So whatever you're saying. You're talking to Craig Grealus yeah. in here. Yeah, so, producing. Yep. So I'm, yeah, not obviously. Yeah, yeah. just letting people the, know who are yeah. in the room. So there's, there's three people third, in here. Yeah, everyone. there's a third so, person. Yeah, yeah, there's a third person here. <laughs> so you're talking, so one to two, and then two is talking to two to three. Yeah. But I'm talking to everyone while you're talking to me. Because there's not enough time, most of the time, for him to call the call and me to wait, listen to everything, unless it's like a stop down or, you know, a long play. But, like, when teams are going hurry up, you know, I got to talk while I'm listening, which is kind of a task that I've had to learn. Um, sure. So, but, yeah, and I don't get everything. Like, as far as, like, the the situational reminder stuff like that, I don't get everything. But, I mean, I get most of it, yeah. So, I don't know if you watch a lot of – sports on television but so in a similar now uh, I'm, I'm not about to get run over or run over somebody yeah. but you know in a similar way like I've got somebody you know we may have to get a promo in or mm-hmm. hey there's an injured player something happens and a producer's telling me in my ear and I have to talk while he's telling me something and then listen to mm-hmm. the analyst so I get yeah. an, I have an idea like mm-hmm. what you're talking about but obviously then uh there aren't you know 300 line, pound lineman running at me right yeah, after. It's running sprints, you know. <laughs> you, the worst part is like having a 12-play drive and then you get into the red zone and, you know, red zone, everything has to be neat. And, you know, all all I's dotted, all T's crossed to have a good red zone performance. So that's like the, you know, just trying to get the call to everyone and can get hectic down there sometimes. So I remember the year at Tulsa when you won the Bednarik and the Nagurski Awards and obviously ended up being a first-round pick. I know it was a weird year because it was a COVID year, and I don't even remember if you guys had fans at all at any of your games. Yeah, we did a little bit, but not much. It was like spread out, no front or bottom row. Um, So it was really weird. And then, I mean, Tulsa, we didn't really have like a giant, you know, Ohio State fan base. You know, it it wasn't like that, but it was was, um, spread out for sure, quiet. And so in in that league, are you in a similar situation where – you're in charge of getting everybody lined up. And are the calls similar? Is there less verbiage? Are there just a handful of defenses at that level or calls at that level as opposed to if you were at a Power 5 school or in the NFL? Yeah, so, I mean, at that level, no, we didn't have a lot of calls. I mean, we had blitzes and pressures and stuff like that, but we didn't have nearly as much as, you know, what we do here. We have, you know – we have personnel for 13, we have personnel for 12, we have personnel 11, you know. So 11, one tight end, one, one back. One back, you know, one 12, back, two, two tight ends, one back. We have personnel for all this stuff. We have calls we're throwing in. We have, situ- you know, situational calls we're doing. We have, you know, exotic pressures. I call exotics to where it means like the – it doesn't look like a normal defense. Like we're kind of all lined up in a really weird way, um, you know, like six down, six or seven men down on the line or – you know what I mean? Like exotic pressures like that. You got um, goal line packages, you know, all this stuff. Just because there's so much that goes into an NFL game. Yeah. Like you're not just working. Like when you talk about an NFL game, you know, there's been scouts that have for the other team that are, you know, three games ago that were watching you to see what their weakness is on the defense. They apply that to, you know, they tell the coaches that. The coaches scheme you up all week. They bring that to the players. The quarterback for their team is scheming up. So it's like, you know what I mean? There's so much stuff. And that's another thing that I've learned, too, while being in the NFL so far is, like, you know, going back and watching film and seeing all this stuff. 
it really applies. It does apply to the field. But then an offense is always going to have their change up to beat you that week. Sure. And once you can catch on during the game to what that is, then you kind of start to stop that offense. Their their MO for that week. And and that's the thing. So you kind of got to be prepared for that offense, but also in a general broad aspect of how are you going to fix this. But, yeah, I mean, I've had some situations this year where, you know, hey, I saw this on the field. I bring it to the sideline. We look at the still shots, and it's like this is where they're going to hit us if we don't fix this right now. And then, you know, we fix it, and you can see where they were trying to hit us, you know, a couple plays later. I mean, you know, like they tried it, and I think it was one time it was like a pressure. But, yeah, it's just – and that kind of like – it gives me confidence, you know. To see, like, hey, I saw this and I was right. Because you don't want to see it and then, you know, make a big doubt of it. And it's like, damn, you're wrong. <laughs> right. But, you know, yeah. It's, and it's not. This isn't like a week-to-week thing. That happened a couple times maybe. and But it's nice, yeah. Just seeing it kind of all unravel. And then just trying to be a professional in the building and, you know, study and know the plays. And, you know, once I know my job, job description really well, I can help other players that come in. So, so I like I've done the Cardinals for 21 years. I've seen a lot of guys come through here, and seen guys that you know were really good college players that uh, didn't make it. I've seen guys that weren't really good college players that end up being terrific NFL players, and some of it is just the situation, what's going on with the team at that time. Um, and you know, you came from a small school, but you're a mid first round pick. I mean, you you were going to get picked. Whether in fact, I was told by several people that if Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. And you probably know this that yeah, you were been a, you would yeah, you would have been a yeah, patriot. Yeah, Mac Mac was number one on their board, and then I'm pretty sure I was like, yeah, number two. So yeah, I figured that out. Like I don't know if it was after the draft or the day of the draft or what it was. So you're sitting there watching, like everything just unfold, and you know what I mean. And like you know, ninety percent of the time, unless it's even like this year's draft or whatever it was last year's draft, the only really certain pick kind is the first pick. And then last year's draft, you know, whatever that was, 2022's draft, was kind of, you know, after the first pick, everyone thought it was going to be this dude. It wasn't. Right. And, you know, you know, it's just all over the place. So, but, yeah, it's uh, it's different for sure. So how – when you got here then, how much of it was a new world for you? All based of, on what we were talking about with, with what you did – what you were asked to do at Tulsa based on what you're asked to do at this level. The description of – you know, take charge of the defense and call the plays was the same. The amount of plays and knowing situational stuff and processing of of information was so opposite. It was just like it was just so much stuff for me, you know, trying to learn all that stuff last year. And, you know, it just I just needed time to understand it all because I'm when I know something, I know it in depth and know how what we're thinking, what we're trying to do, how we're trying to operate this thing. You know what I mean? I just don't know it because that's the rule. I, you know, Billy D, which is my linebacker coach, he's big on like, know the why, know the why, why are we doing this? So then out on the field, if he's calling this, then you know the reason or the why behind it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's, it's, uh, it makes things a little bit easier for me. And, you know, like this year, I've taken, I think for myself, big steps because I can like help other players if I need to. Or like, you know, get people aligned if I need to. Maybe not the right guys are in for a certain call. I can make, I can know the call, change the call. You know, if offense are hurry up, it's third and one, balls in the, you know, on the 50-yard line. What are we going to run? Last year, I wouldn't have been able to do that. No shot. Um, just because the mental, you know what I mean? Like last year, I'm studying all these calls. 
And then this year I'm studying these calls for a situation more. So it's just a situational matter is just, you know, is, is big in this league because you, you can get put into anything and you got to know it and you're expected to know it. So you're from Hominy. Is that how you say it? So I was in Oklahoma a few weeks ago. I did Bedlam. Okay. That's the first time I'd done Bedlam. Um, obviously, it was not a great year for Oklahoma, and I had done Oklahoma State, Texas, and Oklahoma State won that game and then did not play well down the stretch. But obviously, that is the game in the state. Mm-hmm. You grew up north of Tulsa, closer to Stillwater than Norman. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up watching Bedlam? Were you recruited at all by either school? Were you? Did you have a school that you preferred? If, you, if it wasn't Tulsa, would you have wanted to be a Sooner or a Poke? Yeah, um, when I was growing up, it was all OU everything, you know, OU over everyone, OU over Texas, OU over OSU, and then, like, I really didn't even realize what Tulsa was. Um, When I was being recruited, I remember I got one letter from OU, and it was the general information letter that they send to regular students. (laughs) So, (laughs) and it it just happened to be, you know, it was something that I, like, thought was big at the time like oh man I got a letter from OU and it's like you know it was it was nothing at the time but for me it was everything and thought you know I was gonna get offers this and that you just grind and you know never really got the offers and then obviously when I knew and that was the time when OU was getting you know they were getting five star after five star after four star you know what I mean like I would have been from a prospect standpoint bottom of the barrel you know, they're coming out of small school in Oklahoma, last 11-man before you go to eight-man football. So, and then the very first college game, actual college game I ever went to, I, I guess I did go to OU when I was younger, but, you know, that I clearly remember was Tulsa versus Marshall for a church event type of deal. Really? And then, you know, two or three years later, I got an offer from them, only Division One offer, and I ended up playing, you know, football there for – four years it was I love Tulsa Tulsa coach Monty that whole staff um Joseph Gillespie he was my defensive coordinator he's now the defensive coordinator for TCU um so he's had a big year this year absolutely and uh I mean yeah I can't thank them enough they've you know they're the reason why I'm here for sure so going back to Oklahoma for a second because you said you you did go to some games as a kid to Mm -hmm. some games in Norman who did you have a favorite player no it was like I'm pretty it was like Sam Bradford at the time and, uh, and you were a quarterback some in high school, right? Yeah, but this was like way before high school. Okay. Like this is young. That's true. Bradford yeah. is old. I forget yeah. how old Bradford yeah, is. Yeah, this is like I was this. I was young, yeah. so it's like, you know, I'm just sitting in the stands. It was like OU I think it was OU versus Missouri. And I just remember sitting in the stands, watching football, thinking I want to play football one day. And then, you know, it's like it's crazy. You know, 'cause at a as a when you think back about being a kid and watching football and saying, Man, I want to play football for the rest of my life and then you get so caught up in playing football for the rest of your life that you forget like this is your dream job you get you get paid to come and work paid to be around people like guys you know complain oh I had to do an interview today about I mean we're really lucky to be able to do this so you're you know? not going to complain about having no, this podcast no, after? no okay. no 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 right, good like it's you'll a, be the first it's a it's a it's a blessing you know to be able to do this <laughs> stuff be able to you know reach out and you know yeah. be able to help the world um, this, you know, that's one of the things I say in my pregame prayer is, uh, thank you. You know, thank you God for allowing me to play this game. Thank you for allowing me to provide for my family. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and that's, it just, it, just, it brings chills to me cause that's really what this game's about, you know, and just going out there and performing, trying to be the best. And that's what it's about. So 
that piqued your interest when you were, you know, when did it start? Like, when did you actually start to play football, and what did that look like when oh, you actually started to play? I've played football since I've been knee-high to a grasshopper. I mean, I've played football forever. I mean, we started flag football in, like, kindergarten, and then we were playing pads in, like, third grade. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just falling on each other rather than tackling someone. Yeah. But that's, like, where it starts. So I've been playing football longer than I've been able to drive. I've been playing football longer than a lot of things, you know. And it's crazy to think about because it's been my life. And then being from a small school, you play other sports too. It hasn't been always football, but played basketball, baseball, track, all growing up, did all that. Did I also read that you were a gymnast at one point? Yeah. How, how old were you when you were a gymnast? I was, I was young, shoot, probably so you, like so, nine. Okay, so you weren't 6'3", 260 like no, you are now. No, 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 yeah. Could was, you do some of the stuff that you could do back then now? No, I could do like a, a backflip on like a trampoline and stuff like that. I'm athletic and do, do stuff like that, cartwheels, stuff like that, but nothing like – like you see those people flying through the air. You can't – yeah, you can't fly two, 260 through the air. So you're not going to do the Buddha kip-up? Uh, I could do – I feel like I could do that. I might try that next game. I'll probably make a fool out of myself, but – I don't if know. you get a pick and they actually let you keep this one and they don't take it away from you, do the kip up. Yeah, I know. I'll I'll just go lay in the end zone until I want to back up and I'm going to try and kick myself up like Buddha. Still that the 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 kip and then also which I don't know if you saw the the meme of against the Saints where Andy Dalton throws the pick six to Marco Wilson. Oh yeah. And Andy's walking off the field and you mm -hmm. see Marco Wilson so flying through the air. Yeah. Uh, behind him. So you said you played uh, a lot of different sports growing up. Did you think about playing another sport? It was always football. Always football. Um, never thought about playing anything else. Wanted to go to college for football. Didn't want to go to college for anything else. Nothing. Do you have hobbies? Yeah. Now? So, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I I mean, it's, you know, you're in football. Football ends. You get a one day off. It's really half a day. You're trying on stuff for basketball. You're trying to get your jersey fitted. You're trying to – You're me and my mom are going to Hibbit Sports Academy, going to buy basketball shoes. Throw those basketball shoes on. The next day, you're playing in a tournament somewhere. Like, you know, like literally the next day, like one day off playing in a tournament after that, playing basketball, you know, basketball ends one day off, you're swinging the bat and then also running track at the same time. We had, you, we used to get out of school, start doing our track, leave track halfway through, go to baseball. Hmm. And then you had to pick sometimes, would you rather go to the baseball tournament and baseball games or the track meet that day? Was this your mom who was really pushing you? No, it was just, just you. It's just, I mean, it's just a small school. It's, it's not you. like I'm the only person doing this I either. Gotcha. This is like everyone. This is everyone in wow. Hami. This is my, all my friends. You know, 90, not, like, you know, eight out of the five or five out of the eight friends that I had from back there that I was close to, they all played four sports or, you know, three sports. So, and that was just what, what they did. And, I grew up with a bunch of cowboys and stuff. Like so, in the summer times, they were out cowboying, doing that stuff, and I was in summer basketball. And you know, but we all grew up hunting. We all go up, grew up out at the lake, doing stuff at the lake. And so, I mean, for now in my free time, I hunt when I get, you know, my free time. And then, um, whenever it's so limited during the season, like on my days that I get long days, like on Friday, we get out at a certain time. I'm able to go. I'll go to the gun range and I'll just shoot for hours. And that's kind of what I do. What do you hunt? Um, so I've, we did a little bit more Western hunting this year. Me and my friend from college, his name's Sam Clayton. Uh, we did a little bit more Western hunting, which is like up in the mountains, hiking a lot. We killed, um, an elk and we were going for mule deer. But this year I killed a, which is South Texas hunting. I killed a giant Neil guy 
And a what? A nilgai. What is that? A nilgai is an Asian deer, and it's giant. They're usually like 500 pounds, 600 pounds. Wow. They're big. And uh, they brought them over a long time ago from India on a boat. There's like six of them. They put them in South Texas thinking, oh, these things don't aren't going to get out. And No, these things run through fence. Six of them got out. They were, and from six, there's like 30,000 now, 40,000 in South Texas. So they're, they're an animal that they call feral, which is like shoot on, anything that's feral is like you can shoot on site and leave. The meat's really good. It's one of the best meats for you in the world. It's, uh, yeah, it's super lean, tastes really, really good. And uh, so I, I killed that, harvested that, got like, I think I'm getting like 300 pounds of meat. Oh my goodness! So this is gonna last me forever, and then we, and then I got a deer too, and the deer was an older an older buck, so we're not really gonna eat that, but we donated all the meat, so it goes um, hunters for the hungry, so donated all the meat to that that type of deal. So nothing gets wasted. The only thing that probably you know is like a wild boar, which is a a very feral animal, like that'll just go through stuff they carry a lot of diseases yeah. lies they're disgusting they smell bad <laughs> one could walk in on the other complete opposite side of this building and you'd go what is that smell and i'd be like that's swine like that's a pig i can smell it <laughs> like you let them out on the field two of them out on this field for 20 minutes the whole field will look like it's been ran over by a tractor <laughs> that's what it's like so it's like you know and i like to do that on my free time i like to fish and stuff too because we went grew up on a lake but that's it so do you did you have did you get like the head and put it on a mantle of yeah so i i yeah we um we caped it out and we got like a shoulder mount yeah wow it's like facing left and looking right yeah big it's giant you were telling me before we started that you you do listen to some some mm-hmm. other podcasts because this still this is still pretty new to me we just started this last year um so what do you listen to sports or, or no sports no sports um i every once in a while when i'm digging in like if i'm on a rabbit hole like a youtube rabbit hole i'll fall into like a joe rogan crazy podcast it'll take you down you know just like who knows what's being talked about today but someone who's like talks you know jocko willink is he's a cool podcast to listen to um he talks about just like i'm also infatuated with like just guns and then like all those you know what the service uh, men and women do for our country Mm -hmm. you want to talk about sacrifice you can talk to them you know what i mean it's that's that's a whole different le- level of self-sacrifice rather than you know than what we do as football players like that's a whole different level they're they're uh they're a blessing from god but like i listen to someone called visions elite he brings in um ex-military or you know ex-special forces people and lets them just kind of share their experience and what how it's like turned them you know what i mean and it's actually cool and then also there's a lot of information you know what i mean things really aren't as bad as they seem here but um, I think the thing that about that that relays for me to football is each one of these guys is a leader in some form or way, and each one of them have a specific job and task to do every time they're tasked with one, and they perform it to the best of their ability. And that's kind of like, you know what I mean? That's just like something that if you can apply to football and every day when you come to work, you have a job to do. This is what you need to do. Go out, do it. And if you can kind of just transfer what they're saying into, like, you know, apply it to football, it helps me out. Just, you know, hey, come in, get it done. Let's do it. Learn it. Know it. And it, whenever, you know, starts to hit the fan, you're able to, you know, figure it out. So that's what kind of resonates with me, I guess. Um, but, you know, everyone's different. So, I mean, you've got, first of all, again, you've had a terrific year, but just I could sit here and talk to you for an hour but i know you've got stuff to do oh no you're good yeah you have you have a life um but i do want to ask you 
you know, how often do you get back to Tulsa? Are you a big family guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I went back um, on our week-long break after. Um, so you get three breaks during the season usually. One's right after training camp. The Thursday game, which is we call them, you call a mini-buy, yeah. and then you have the buy buy game. So those are like usually the three breaks. One's before season, and then two during season. One usually halfway through, and then you know obviously we had a bye week uh, late this season. Um, went back home for all of them, or tried to. I didn't get to go home for the Thursday game. I didn't get to do that. Yeah, it was just such a short week. That's the week we killed that elk. Um, but um, hmm. we, uh, yeah, I try and get home as much as possible. And then in the off season, I'll go home for you know a long period of time, and then. 4th of July, I'm at home. I'm just curious also as we close out here, uh, because you're going to have a chance to go home here soon, obviously the way things are going with the team, mm-hmm. unfortunately. What do you want to see uh, from yourself, or your teammates, the last four games so that you leave this season with a good taste in your mouth? Because obviously this thing has not gone the way any mm-hmm. of us thought it would, hoped it would, and – I know it's probably just as frustrating for you as it is for the coaches and for all of us in the organization. More so, I'm sure, for the players than anybody because you guys are part of it and obviously you guys were building something and had the hiccup here in 2022. But what is it you want to look back on in a month and say, you know, we we finished strong and here's why? Yeah, I think you just never want to see like a a quitting mentality. I mean, let's not give up until, you know – all zeros and this kind of also stems from the the um, podcast I listen to like don't ever give up you know what I mean like that's that's too easy way too easy like you know um just stick with getting you know if if the way we practice whatever or whatever we did that week if it didn't work we will just change it and we'll figure out something that does and then we just got to keep moving and keep growing I think that's the biggest thing is just you know be you know be able to change be able to adapt and, you know, just keep going forward, keep pushing, keep striving. Like Buddha says, every every game went on three and strain, you know what I mean? Strain. And he's really good. He's someone I, I look up to because, like, I mean, I mean, has he messed up before? Yeah. And but he messes up going 90 miles an hour. He knows everything in that playbook. He, he makes he makes like I'll hear Buddha yelling calls and from one sideline and VJ was telling me what the thing Buddha is saying, even though they can't hear each other or talk to each other, you know what I mean? Like Buddha knows what's about to be called and he don't have the green dot. There's only one green dot on the field. That's me. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So I know like Buddha's on top of his stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's so on top of his stuff and he expects a lot out of you as a player. Like he expects you to know your stuff. He expects you to know your job. He expects you to do your job at a high level. Um, more so than a lot of people. Like, I mean, a lot. I mean, so I really respect him. Um, but yeah, and he's always a no quit guy, no quit, just ball, keep going, keep striving, and just you know never give up. And that's the thing I want to see out of us is just and myself is just keep going. You know what I mean? How it's, vocal are you in the locker room with that? Are you because you know watching hard knocks and obviously mm-hmm. you know that's just a snapshot of what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I see a lot of different guys mm-hmm. talking. Are you one of those guys? Um, I'm not screaming at people, but like, you know, my my little group that I kind of like with the linebackers, me, Tanner Vallejo, Ben, um, Kamu, Zeke, all those guys that's during the game, it's like, hey, you know what I mean? Keep going. Let's go. Come on. It's time to go. JJ, 
all the guys up front. Um, in the huddle more so whenever it's just, you know, us 11 out there. Um, I, I have, I'm not a big stand in front of the, you know, everyone and scream at them. I have to earn that. That's one of those things you kind of have to earn. You know what I mean? This year being year two for me, um, you know, that's probably a, a role of, of a very vocal person. I think next year sure. uh, that needs to take place, especially being the mic. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, you know, obviously sometimes you do have to get on to some people, like not get on them, you know, like yeah. we're not, they're not kids. Everyone here is a grown man, but like, you know, like let them, like, Hey, you can't really do that here. Cause you know, th- this is happening behind you or, you know, where you can't do this stunt or whatever, but it's not, I'm not, you know, I'm not out there MFing people. <laughs> but it's interesting that you, cause obviously you're very well-spoken and you're very smart and you also recognize kind of where you are yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And that you know that that's a step you have to take, yeah. And that that will come naturally. Yeah, and and another thing, another person I talked to. So Buddha is more of like like he shows you, like he speaks like with extreme action, and so does JJ. JJ speaks with extreme action, but JJ also has like obviously since he's such like eleven year vet, twelve year vet, whatever he is, he has also knows how to approach it with um, a very vocal leadership mentality, and knows how to talk to people. You know what I mean? And that's the thing about part being a leader on this team. And what I've learned from in the past is like you got to know how to talk to certain players. You know what I mean? Like some players, like me, you can yell at me or do whatever, and I'm not someone who's just gonna like snap and then you know you got some people like you can't do that sure. you know what i mean they're going to snap back at you yeah you can catch a right hook <laughs> <laughs> but um you know what i mean so but um you can also get your point across by being you know in a very serious you know manner and uh that's like how how jj is you know and he's and i've talked to him especially recently about you know what to do in the off season what to do about year three coming up what to do about being a leader on the team how to, you know, approach certain things, how to approach, um, to make guys responsible. Um, that's just like all the stuff, you know, it's just pre-practice stuff. You just get a chat about, and then it's, he's really helpful in that aspect as, you know, as everyone thinks he would be, he, sure. he, he really is. Um, and it's, it's nice to, cause I just take all that, just put it in a little file cabinet in the back of the brain, you know, remember it for later and, you know, just try and apply it whenever it comes. Well, you've got such a bright future. I can't wait to see it play out. Uh, it's been fun watching you this year, uh, and I appreciate you spending some time with me, man. Yeah, Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. This is pretty cool. I didn't know you guys did this here. This is the first time that I've I've heard about this. I have to go back. Yeah. So, well, this is your episode fifty-two. So I, I don't know if you're. So it's it's not just Cardinals. So uh, and being in the media, I've had Scott Van Pelt on, Jim Nance recently. Like last year, I don't even know if uh, Greg Olson earlier this year uh-huh. uh, got Damian Lillard on from the Blazers. I don't know if you're an oh, NBA that's cool. fan. Yeah, Dame was on uh, mm-hmm. last year. Mikael Bridges, James Jones. I'm having Mark Jackson on next week uh, yeah. from ESPN. Had Van Gundy on last year. So I, again, I don't know if these names are no, that's cool familiar though. to. But yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah, it, this is a it's fun because it, for me it's an opportunity to get to know guys a little bit more. Yeah, and it's uh, awesome. been fun getting to know you. So. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I wasn't kidding. I really could have talked to Zabin, and I'm sure you would have loved to have listened to Zabin for another 30 minutes or so. Had so many cool things to say. Just love his perspective on the game. He really gets it. You can understand why he's really improved here in year two and is probably one of the most improved players in the NFL, certainly on the Cardinals roster. Just interesting how he admitted the struggles of last year and that it was such a wake-up call for him. 
but that he's handled things much better here in year two and his hopes and dreams for year three and beyond. Uh, just really excited for him and just a joy to talk with. We're presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Gila River Resorts and Casinos. You can follow us on Twitter, at PashPod. You can also rate and review us by going to your podcast platform and telling us what you think. Thanks to Cardinals linebacker Zayvon Collins, and thanks to you for listening to another edition of the Dave Pash Podcast. Thank you.